0: How many times do you think you've seen your own ass in your life? You know what I mean? Like, seriously. No. You know I mean, I mean it, if you, unless you got a mirror, I mean, you really
1: got to. I mean, like, I have like a couple of zits on the middle, like right near my fing taint. All right. And I've like been over and done, like, you know, pretzel That's what I mean. views. The only time you I see, see that. like some shit. When I get you know that right. weird
0: thing on my butt, even though it's higher than my ass, I'm like, oh, there's my ass. I see you like once a year, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, not going to lie. What <laughs> are With
2: as low as my, my mirror hangs and next to my toilet, there yeah. have been times where I've. Gotten up after a, after a session, I've just decided, you know what? Let's just take a gander. And look at I'll, ass, I'll just turn around real quick and because I'll Because the is, look at
0: that. you never see your ass. That should be a question of the day. Then you, you the want to go make a balloon animals.
1: You got a balloon nod? Exactly. Just yeah. i will made that a question <laughs> yep. of
0: the day. When was the last time you saw your own ass? It's so attractive every time that I see it, too. Why did you have to see your and own And whose ass? ass did you see otherwise? <laughs> right. <laughs> whose <laughs> ass have you seen most recently? When's the last cat? time you saw your own? Do you have a cat? Question mark, exclamation point. All right, I think we're ready to go here. We ready? Sure.
1: Let's do this thing.
0: Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. (laughs) Crowds go wild!
1: Of course what a are. day! Aren't you so excited that uh, Greatest Story Never Told podcast number 73 is out?
0: Man, oh man, this should be excited. We just wow. did some great work in there. We came up with a potential question of the day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> getting ready for the show here, but uh, in the meantime, we've got a podcast to do, so here we are. Uh, by the way, of course, if you'd like to be an unofficial sponsor of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast, do us a favor and make a donation to one of the three local charity uh, Fisher Houses in the area. Uh, donate to that great charity, and we will award you with an unofficial sponsorship. Whatever you're pimping, you got a podcast, like Everybody else does. Uh, if you've got a small business, anything that you need to get the word out on, you've got a YouTube channel, we do not care. Just make a small doona- uh, donation. Donation. Donation to the Fisher House, and uh, we'll <laughs> hook you up. And make sure it's the local uh, branch because you can go to fisherhouse.org and, uh, and donate, obviously, across the country. We would prefer you put the funds uh, and keep them here in the Pacific Northwest. All right. So, anyway, uh, today on the podcast, we're going to make this kind of short and sweet. A couple weeks ago, we had a listener who emailed in and said that, uh, hey, uh, would really like to hear you guys tell the story of uh, when Ted almost killed Steve at the Evergreen Speedway yeah, 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 in yeah, You know what I mean? So we will take suggestions if you've ever heard us want to. He still doesn't care. That's the amazing thing yeah. after all these years. Like, hey, no. Robin was racing. I did my thing. You know what I mean? I did my thing. So if you ever have a, a suggestion or something you'd like to hear. Now, one thing uh, that is a little bit strange, but it is, uh, it, it's, it's true, is the fact that we've been here so long now, 16 years, that a lot of what we've done, as far as the archives and other things, you cannot get online anymore just based on like you know how much space is available and everything else. Yeah, you can get an interview here or there from a few years back or a show maybe from a few years back, but like everything else and all clouds, like they roll over, get rid of other years, right, right. get rid of other stuff. So uh, there's a limited uh, amount of that stuff out there. So I have a buddy named Jay, and Jay is a big Mark Maron fan. And I don't even think Jay listens to this podcast, but I'm going to tell him to listen to this damn podcast. Because we're gonna serve up Jay what he requested to me. He sent me a text one day and he said, "Hey man," he said, "Did you guys ever interview Mark Maron? Because I kind of remember you interviewing him back in the day, but I'm not really sure." What's funny is if he had asked me that, I'd have been like, "Nah, I'd remember that." <laughs> You don't remember interviewing Mark Maron? No, I okay. do not. I all honestly right.
0: do not remember.
1: Okay, well, Mark Maron came in uh, into Seattle. This is 2013. Was and, this in
0: person? Yeah, he came in the studio. He was doing live shows all weekend long. I do. And I'm not kidding. People always think I'm joking about this. I'm not. No. I do not remember probably 80% of the people mm-hmm. we interviewed.
1: And as we celebrate 50 years of KSW, we thought we'd bring some of these things back around so you could hear them anyway. Speaking of Mark Maron, we just want to uh, give him a little bit of uh, credit here. Uh, the podcast that Mark does, uh, WTF with Mark Maron, I think we know what WTF stands for, mm-hmm. has been awarded the Governor's Award by the Podcast Academy. You say, what, what the hell is that? Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the first ever, first ever Governor's Award at the Inaugural Awards for excellent in Audio. The Ambies. they will be handed out on May 16th. The reason that you have no idea what this prestigious award is, this is the very first year they're okay, doing it. All right. And he's the guy that's going to get the first award ever. That's like a Lifetime Achievement Award. This is a big deal, right? All right. Uh, the Podcast Academy said that its Board of Governors will get Marin the award, which recognizes a podcaster individual for the compelling impact they've had on the industry. Obviously, we will never receive this award. No. This There's podcast is not compelling. Uh, Marin and his producer, Brendan McDonald, they will accept the award at a ceremony, which will be uh, on YouTube and Twitch from Los Angeles. They said in a statement, It's a genuine uh, honor to be recognized by your peers as a major influence on the podcast medium. The show has evolved into what is now through our persistence, creativity, discipline, and curiosity. We're grateful for the recognition and the freedom that podcasting affords us. Now, keep in mind, uh, as far as Mark Marin goes, the guests on his podcast have included everyone from Mel Brooks, Nicole Kidman, Sir Paul McCartney, Amy Pooler, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Sarah Silverman, the President of the United States, Barack Obama, at the time, who did the podcast in Mark's garage, right, where he does the podcast. So this guy has... Uh, He's come a long way since we got to interview him when he was just doing a TV show.
0: And I don't even remember. And now
1: he's an award winner. So, ladies and gentlemen, for this podcast and the greatest story never told, episode number 73, we're going to go back in time and let you hear a little bit of uh, Mark Marin back in the day. New to me, too. Time. Time. New to Steve. (laughs) Don't remember. Here you go, Jay. Good, we got a win, and Mark Maron walked in studio right in the middle of it. What a what a day it's we a had! It's a great
2: thing to walk into it when is. you have no idea what's going on. Right. This is yeah. going to be good. Mark yeah. Maron, it's poetry. That's what I thought. This guy's a poet of some kind. He
0: is. Uh, he is in town. Everybody <laughs> doing a little comedy tonight. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Uh, the tried Sun to ex- pop uh, festival. I tried to explain in the hallway. I'm like, he's going to be uh, we doing something weird. No, just I thought I
2: walked into a slam poetry yeah. event. It was just Coralish. repetitive, yeah. and uh, I wasn't getting the point. Well, see,
0: it's called TED versus the FCC. I get it. So there's words you can't say, and and. He didn't.
1: Uh, for Mark, a uh, Mark in town tonight for the Sub Pop uh, Records uh, Silver uh, Jubilee comedy thing. Uh, Eugene uh, Merriman has also been on the program, is uh, taking the stage along with uh, uh, John Benjamin and a couple other comedians. Doors open tonight at seven. The show is at eight at the Moore Theater. Uh, Mark, I got to ask you: every time uh, you you get on the radio and, and you crack the microphone and you and you start talking, do you always feel like you are going to be pulled into a meeting and then fired?
2: <laughs> I, those days are behind me, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean I got I'm about four years away from those fears. And yeah. So and, and unless it's uh unless it's someone foreclosing on my house right. uh no one's gonna kick me out of the garage. But it
1: yeah, but it seemed like that uh you know you were on Air America uh for a number of years you did the morning show on
2: there. The morning uh, show for a year and a half and then uh But then you got I fired. I got fired right. and then I did an evening show for in long? LA for about six months. And then what happened? Uh they they I don't even know if anyone really listened to that. I think they were they were they were, they were, well, you faking were on, me out. you were
1: on after like <laughs> baseball games and sports. Yeah, they used to preempt me. Out. I used to
2: sit there and wait to do live radio until a clippers game ended. That's, was, a, that's, a, the that's a good uh, that's yeah. a good feeling, man. So you see so yeah, I get there to do a ten o'clock show and they're like, Yeah, game's not over so you sit Well, fortunately,
1: there. you weren't behind baseball, so you didn't have to worry for like the twenty-three inning game where they just say, yeah, "Mark, yeah, go home."
2: Look, I don't know anything about any of them. They, they yeah. all take too long when you're waiting. And then
1: you, <laughs> but then you got to do the, uh, the. But then you have to do the uh, the after game show. No, so I mean, yeah, yeah but, the,
2: but the thing was is that they had uh, done deals with uh, certain clear channel outlets, so this was not an all talk station. What happened was is that in the evenings, this station uh, K what is it K R? Well, I don't even remember what it was. KTLK okay. in uh, in Los Angeles still had a a deal with some of the local teams. I think it was women's basketball. Uh, and a couple of other teams. I don't keep up with sports. So. Were the
1: phone lines dead after a WNBA game and you took over?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that anyone listened to us. They, they, of course they were dead. It was the, the, the
0: worst lead. We used yeah. to follow, uh, what was it, uh, major indoor soccer. They're like, yeah. hey, man. Sure. Wait for the soccer game to finish. I'm like, nobody's listening to this. And you know goddamn well they're not li- We're not even
2: listening, and we're running the board. It's man. the worst. Yeah. It, yeah, it's the worst. How those phones? Those phones lighten up? T- <laughs> <laughs> we got one guy here who just wants to know what traffic yeah. is like. And
1: then you also had a program director who uh, who disagreed with, uh, with, the, with the kind of show that you were
2: doing. Yeah, you know, I was in Siberia, man. I mean, what happened with me and radio was that the guy pushed me out of morning radio, thought that 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 my show was too irreverent and that they wanted it to be more like NPR. And our argument was, there's already an NPR, idiot. (laughs) You know, we're trying to do some comedy. And Stern had just left Terrestrial, so it was like we were poised to do some stuff that would have been great. We were doing solid comedy. But this dummy, this Danny Goldberg guy, pulls the plug on us. Oh, I'm sorry, I mentioned his name, Danny Goldberg. So he pulls the plug on us. It it doesn't matter. Because he's an entertainment. uh, He's got a stuff do. I don't know what he was. You know, it was, uh, you know, the whole premise of of, uh, Air America, it was unclear. There was a lot of other people's money involved, a lot of people that didn't know what they were doing involved, and there was this open-door policy to CEOs that would screw things up. So it wasn't even in the realm of what you guys are dealing with. (laughs) Open-door
0: policy. Right.
2: You know what you're doing? No. Come on in. Yeah, you got money, and you seem to like the cause. Come on in. So what happened was they kicked me out, and then there were some people within the organization that said, look, you know, he made a mistake. He's not going to be here forever. You move back to L.A. We'll get you set up over there at KTLK. It's our affiliate. We'll get you on the air there.
1: you moved from what, to Queens to L.A.? Well, I had
2: had an apartment in Queens. I was already living in L.A., but I kept my apartment there because it wasn't that much. So I was staying. Yeah. So I went back to L.A. and they set me up in evenings at KTLK. Now, the thing was, yeah, that was an affiliate. But the program director hated my guts, hated me, because what I used to do, what I used to do on the radio was I was going from I was we were up at three in the morning, you know, doing the six o'clock show out of New York. But that meant it would start at three o'clock in L.A. But they used to rerun it in L.A as a morning show okay. until Stephanie Miller took over and started going live in mornings at 6. So I was pissed off because I'm like, God, we had an audience in L.A. So what I would do at 3 in the morning L.A. time, 6, six o'clock uh, uh, New York time, knowing that Stephanie was about to go on the air, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess if you want to listen to Stephanie in my old spot. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, right. So I was doing that. Not even thinking about it, just thinking, like, that's funny, right? So I get out to L.A., and her program director is like, oh, yeah, we know who you are. You mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got the spot after the sports show if there's any time left. <laughs> that's a favor we're going to do you.
1: Right. Well, now you're doing the podcast, so you have a little bit more control of what you're doing. I have all the control. Uh, and I saw that. Uh, who did you have on last time? Joe Jonas or? Uh, I
2: jo- yeah, Jonah. Jonah Hill. Or Jonah Hill was on. Hills, the other, yeah. I do two a week. Uh, yeah, I had Jonah Hill on recently. I had Iggy Pop on recently. Mel Brooks, Dick Van Dyke.
1: Iggy Pop. Uh, yeah. It, 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 did you touch his skin? Sure. And is it like what leather? It feel is it leather like, like, like a coach bag. What? What is it? What? retired in Florida. It kind of has that. Do you
2: that, look as good as that guy? He's almost 70. He's probably a buck 35. Anyway. You know, he, well, he's also but he like, looks like he's almost 70. 70. Everybody said, dude, look at Iggy
0: Pop. He looks great for his age. I'm like, he looks like his age at He also, also kind of
1: looks like one of those people who's hung themselves from their nipples. <laughs> he's <laughs> a little guy. Like no, they, he's,
2: they're, they're, you know, the nipples look pretty tight. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> okay. Well, what what that's the funny thing is, is like you're asking me these questions like it's just a given. That he would do an interview in my garage with no shirt on. <laughs> he doesn't have a shirt. He's like McConaughey, isn't he? He did do it with no
1: shirt on. See, I told you. <laughs> but the weird thing is, it, it didn't start like that. He had to take it off, though.
2: Well, yeah, but, that, but see a anybody singer. else, you know, he, he drives up in a limo. With his, uh, you know, nine foot tall wife or girlfriend, his road manager, the publicist is there. They're on my deck. This I, is I, to be in your garage. Yeah, I, I have a you know crappy little garage. Not even a real. It's like a nineteen twenties garage. It was built for a Model T or something. It was. It's a little garage. It's towards the back of my house. I got a deck out back there. I live in a two bedroom house with one bathroom, which my fiance reminds me of constantly. <laughs> Apparently, at, once you uh, get engaged. Another bathroom is required. Absolutely. Okay.
0: So, you know what? It's because they don't want you to smell what they do. I'm telling you... Women will bitch about when you get. Oh my god! What did you? Eat? I ate what we ate together. But women will hold the poop. It's like they're camping. Yeah, they will uh, hold the poop yeah. until you leave well, the yeah, house, yeah. and you're going to be out of the house for a while. Yeah, that's yeah. the, whole, that's no, the whole Not mine. She not want you, to be- you got a
2: different woman than mine. <laughs> my woman up. wakes up and goes, "I got a poop. And Check I'm it like, out." All right. Yeah.
0: That, that's when you knew you
1: wanted to marry her.
2: Sure. Well, you know, <laughs> it's nice to have those boundaries as as uh, as sort of uh, porous as possible. Mm-hmm. Because when he got one bathroom, she's going to be in their shower, and I'm going to be like, I either I'm going to crap outside or she's. She's gonna take it. She so, going have to take it. So Iggy
1: it. gets out the limo, no shirt.
2: No, he got a shirt on. All right. But he walks out onto my deck. And he's sort of like, oh man, this is nice out here. I got to breathe a little bit. I'm like, all right, he's just breathing. Within two minutes, shirt comes off. Right. And he's out in my backyard. like anybody else, <laughs> you'd be like, what's going on? But you're like, oh no, it's Ziggy. He like, yeah, doesn't wear a shirt.
0: And he came in. Did he almost look more familiar when he had his shirt off? Like, yeah. I've never seen a picture yeah. of the man no.
2: wearing a shirt. Exactly. Ever.
0: He started. He, he, really you know, he
2: looks fine. He's, he's a little guy. I mean, he's only got to be probably 5'4, five, 5'5. But you know, as for a guy who's almost seventy, he he is in good shape. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, skin distends eventually. A comedian is there's never.
1: Well, there's thing about this. He looks like a he looks like a a candle on Viagra. He
2: looks like an old penis. On with Tana, Viagra. With, I had to go through a whole catalog of, of words there. Yeah. You, for, thank you. you look thought, good I, for your age. Yeah. It just happens was, that you look like a penis. Oh, yeah, exactly. I just pictured the guy on the dump button. You know, mm-hmm. where's Marin going? All right, we're good. Penis so, is okay. I know penis is okay. Is there ever been <laughs> to say, <laughs> for me personally, I prefer the other thing. You've been doing
1: stand-up for a long time. Has there ever been a shirtless comedian?
2: I mean, I uh, no, I don't. I think Kreischer occasionally takes his shirt off, and uh, Bobby Lee will uh, will will reveal some parts maybe of his carrots, stomach.
1: Maybe carrot, maybe top, in a vain way, every once in a
2: while. Uh, maybe yeah. I, I don't know if he actually did on stage, but you know, Iggy was great. The, the bottom line was, he sat there, we talked, and you know, you, I don't know what you anticipate from a guy like that, but he's a big hero of mine. He's a rock. Oh, yeah. He's a gr- one of the greatest rock and roll stars ever. ever. And and you don't know what you're going to get with rock guys, you know, because musicians they don't have to talk. You know, they, they just have to be, so you don't know what you're going to get. But he was lucid. He was smart. His memory was like completely there. Occasionally, he did tweak his nipples. During the interview, <laughs> I, I didn't draw attention to it. Right. Well, yeah, he just started pulling at him. Like, Is this happening? Anything? How could I not say anything? Yeah. Because I don't know where that would go. You know, I don't know. You don't want to find out? Yeah, no, kind of like, so what's going on with the nipple? What but if he's say-
0: tweaking them. Like, it would be inappropriate if you just asked me. I would yeah, ra- let me see your nipples. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if I am actively tweaking them shirtless, yeah. I would have no problem with you saying, look, you know, yeah. I'm getting a little distracted because you keep yanking keep, your keep nipples keep, keep as yanking, we're talking. Well, that, yeah. that might have that been a good.
2: very fair moment to that, bring it up. I know. It might have been, been good radio. He's like you a know, penis with nipples. Yeah, he is. Barker. Like a, an old aggravated penis <laughs> with nipples. <laughs> Who is it? Eventually, Mark Maron tonight yeah. at the Moore
1: Theater. Uh, the show is at eight o'clock, along with a uh, Eugene Merriman and uh, and John Benjamin. What, what have you? I, I, Kristen
2: Shawl, Kurt Bronner. Right. Good. It's a it's, it's a great uh, John Glazer's coming too. Okay, um, and I don't think there's any tickets left. So go ahead and try
1: it out your checking out. <laughs> it's your, sold out. And this is what <laughs> you'll be <laughs> missing. <great> Line, right? <laughs> you can't go there. Checking out your Twitter feed today. You yeah. went. Uh, you did uh, the morning round of radio. Then you ended yeah. up going to the 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 Hendrix. Uh, yeah, I went to the grave. graveside.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I for some reason some guy got it. In my head, that uh, that you should go out to the grave. Did you go to his donut shop first? I went to a, oh yeah, I went to the other one. All I right. I didn't go to his. What, what's the name of that place? The you went to Top Pot. I just no, he it. go works at Top Pot. He works okay. at the other one, Capitol Hill. I went to the one down by wherever the hell I was. And had, like, I didn't, you know, donuts, that's crazy. I mean, everyone says, like, those are great donuts. I've never had a bad donut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Obviously, I've, I like them. Like, oh, no, but I've never, like, even ones that come out of a box that have been on a supermarket shelf, for, that'll work. Right. That'll work. The ones <laughs> covered yeah, in chocolate? Yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, but you know, if you're eating donuts, you don't give a crap about yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to shovel that stuff in no matter where it comes from. Yeah, there was a high-end donut. But <laughs> uh, donut, huh? <laughs> yeah, but it was good. I'm not saying it wasn't good, but uh, yeah. So some guy got it, and then like just now, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I got to stop though. I don't know if you guys even know that this place exists or whether anyone goes in there. I just ate at a place that just said corned beef outside. Oh, that's great. Oh, Across yeah. the street.
1: I can't believe you're not sleeping already.
2: No, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I'm that's like, you like, might as well just say, welcome, Jews. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, that's beef. familiar to me. <laughs> right. Look,
2: there's a, that's a, that's like a temple. Sure. So they, I'm going to go they, in there they, and have they, a corned beef sandwich.
1: Vacuum-packed brisket is the first thing i No, it's it was
2: beautiful. It was really good. I was surprised. I shoveled that down because I got here a little early. And yeah, uh I went out to Hendrix's grave. Uh, I took a couple pictures. There was, uh, you know... Anybody
1: smoking weed? Anybody leave some there's joints There's a little weed there.
2: Okay. You know, I, you know that, that, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I'm not saying I don't miss it, but I don't do it. <laughs> but, uh, How much do
1: you miss it? Uh, Especially not that when you're in a state where that it's legal.
2: Me- yeah, is it legal? Yeah. yeah. I just started again. No, I... I <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't. I've been, off, uh, I've been off everything for like 14 years. But, but yeah, not that I'm counting. And, you know, 13 years, six days. No, I... Uh, no, there was people up there, but it was funny. There was like this dude with a Motley Crue vest and his girlfriend rubbing the, you know, getting a rubbing on like the a paper. Stencil, you know, yeah, have, yeah. I'm like, you yeah, know, respect here, you know. But uh, it was cute. I, I wish it was. Uh, it seems to be like was it ever just a, a couple of people tweeted me that it was just once a just a grave, and now they built this huge monument, you know, because for some creepy reason, you know, I kind of want to know how the body's situated. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's a big enough monument. It's like, is he under here? Is he over there? Like where you know, I was, is it? Yeah, where's the guy? You know, I'm, I'm here to, to be as close to the guy as possible, but now I'm in this in this granite gazebo, you know, oh. with stuff all over the place. It was nice, but you know what I'm saying? You go to a grave. It's you see nice. the as a grave can be. Sure. Right. No, you see the headstone. Then you're like, well, right in front of there. That's where the guy is. What are you going
1: to do? What are you going to do, like a barbecue? Have you thought about how you're going to immortalize yourself? I mean, is there a good way to do it? Like, you know, like have food stand there, maybe sell lemonade. I mean, do you have any good ideas as far as what I try, do you want people to come up and see when, you, when you're when you're long gone? You know, I mean, is there any ideas that would just be? great? Hey, man,
2: I just want them to immortalize my garage. I want them to to sort of like enshrine what? me in the garage man, for viewing for right. as long as possible. Right. Perhaps even still do interviews. I, I would I would ask my part time assistant to go ahead and run the mics maybe you can have like <laughs> you could just
1: ask people questions like why are you here <laughs>
2: yeah just that's what I'll do I'll leave an interview uh, format right. and then I'll just be laying in state and whoever comes right. it'd be a little morbid but I think it'd be interesting how,
1: you, now you said you've been sober for a while how fa- yeah. how fast were you going there back in the day I know you uh, you were friends with uh, what Sam Kennison uh, a number of comedians yeah I did when... my
2: graduate work in Hollywood uh, cutting lines for uh, for Sam that
1: was all nor- that was all normal. Normal at the time. I'll, do, I'll
2: do a quick impression of uh my uh, my first year in comedy. <laughs> yeah, keep telling me to be out T- keep talking about you, Sam. It's really interesting. No, I want to listen to you talk about yourself for five hours. You got more of this stuff? All right. <laughs> hey man, I can't just believe I just listened to a guy tell me about his car for six hours. <laughs> you know. we won't say uh, what artist
0: we had in here. Slash, but uh, you know he's another one of those guys. He's like, man, you know, I've been off drugs for however long it's been. Yeah, yeah. But he's sitting where you are, and we were not, we're not on the air yet, but just kind of talking beforehand. and He's like, yeah, you know, man, you clean yourself up, you have kids, you get yeah, married, and all this. Yeah, and he yeah. had a a bag of sweet and low. Uh-huh. And as he's talking to us, he absolutely was pouring it out, right? yeah, and yeah. started cutting it up with a business card. Oh yeah, and Miles goes, "God, dude, what's wrong with you?" Come on, and man, Slash man. had this moment of clarity. He was like, "Oh my
1: God, what sorry. am I like, doing?" He it up real nice and right, you know. Like, <laughs> like, I I almost know,
2: like, thought
1: about taking a bump
2: of sweetener. <laughs> well, but that's what that would have been the best end of that story. <laughs> if it, he just went, "Was there a problem?" It's not drugs. It's not sugar. It's not even sugar. It's
0: not. Look at them. Yeah,
2: I went pretty hard, but like when I was with Sam, I was a doorman the store. I was pretty much a kid. I was like twenty-two years old. it took me you know i didn't get you know fully uh you know i didn't lock in for another 20 you know till 99 so it was on and off but you, you know i i mean i managed to uh, uh to maintain a, a very um, you know obscure comedy career for, 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 i'm not going to blame the drugs like i still did my job it's just no one really gave a crap about me for about 20 years not not because of the drugs i still did my job <laughs>
0: You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Aw, man! A Double Flush Production.